Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. Welcome to a new episode of TV Gold, James Manning and Andrew Mercado in Media Week's weekly television podcast. Today, we're going to talk about Archie, the Cary Grant biopic, the horror movie Talk to Me, season two of Vigil, a sort of rom-com called Smothered, season four. Can you believe it? It's been 40 episodes of Bump. But we're going to start, Andrew Mercado, my wonderful co-host. You have been watching Time, which I saw last week, but yeah. you've had a quick look at it. What did you think? Yeah, look, um, I watched that first episode, and you're right, it's very, very bleak. <laughs> but, you know, I like Jodie Whittaker. And then I was trying to figure out who's that young girl. And I forgot to Google her. And then, of course, looking at some of the lists of the best shows of the year, I went, oh, Bella Ramsey, you're that girl from The Last of Us. Was that the show we watched? Yep, absolutely. Last yep. of Us. Amazing yep. to think that I didn't even realise. So she's a British actor and she just kind of slipped over to do that American production. Quite amazing. I think she's still only 20 too. I mean, wow. to have these two bodies, pieces of work, I think she's done other stuff too, but to have, you know, um, The Last of Us and then this series of time both to come out this year, well, yeah. what an amazing year for her. Amazing. Well, of course, she was in Game of Thrones towards the end. Oh, that's right, yeah. So yeah, we should have had right. a clue that she was uh, going to break it big. Most people who are in that show have done really well, right? They have for sure, absolutely, absolutely. So did you did you think it was too bleak time or? Oh, look, I didn't think it was too bleak, but I cer certainly thought it was pretty bleak. And it's sitting there on my list of things to do. It's not going to be at the top of my schedule of what to watch. Right, um, okay. But, yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see how it ends up. Because the one thing I will say about bleak dramas from uh, Jimmy McGovern is he, all, he does – finish with a sense of hope. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll be hoping that I'm sure I'll get that at the end if I go back to it. They don't sort of waste any time, though, do they? That first episode before you know it, she's in the van off to the prison, you know. Yeah. And, Whoa, what's going on here? for? Uh, and what did you catch that thing, fiddling the lecky? <laughs> yes, I did. I laughed the first time I heard that. Yeah. Everybody says, what are you in for? Fiddling the lecky. Yeah. <laughs> So we, we laugh about it, but it was a, uh, it's not a funny thing for her. Absolutely. Okay. So that's time. That's on Binge and Foxtel. We both recommend that, but it's, you're unlikely to want to watch, um, the three episodes back to back. Yeah. Have a break. You do need a bit of respite in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Let's get firing on the new things this week. I, I'd like to start with Archie because I've really been hanging out for this one for quite a while. Um, tells the story of Cary Grant. It's really the story of Cary Grant and Diane Cannon, who I think was his third wife. Yeah, something he married, like that. Yeah, married a couple of times anyway. They actually were only, as a bit happens before they get married, I think their marriage only lasted about three years. But they have a clever device, though. There's flashbacks at different points during their relationship, which tell you about uh, Cary Grant's early days. He's sort of tough life with his family. And then later on, as he sort of decides to get into show business and then through to sort of life post Diane Cannon, if you like, he was, he was on the talk circuit. He was doing one man shows in sort of regional cities across the USA. 
Yeah, I had no idea that uh, he was kind of doing that. You know, it's a kind of a weird thing to do in a way because, I, you know, back then not that many big movie stars would have been doing that one-man show that we see being done a lot today. But, you know, it's interesting that you go to the UK to do that. Did you get the feeling that he was on a tour of England when he was doing those shows or that he was in... America. I was pretty sure it was in the US because I read up a bit and he's actually, the day he died, he had a show that night. Right. He had some chest pains and he thought, no, nah, it's nothing. He didn't initially put himself into hospital, but then he um, he did and he um, wasn't able to do the show that night because he died. Look, one of the problems I have with Archie is that it feels to me, I know it's made for BritBox and that's probably yeah. the giveaway, but it feels very much to me like a British production. And just the very fact that I think that Cary Grant was touring English theatres when it was probably meant to be American theatres, there was a lot of locations and a lot of time I was watching it going, this is not America, this is not Hollywood. I I don't think they, re they didn't convince me that uh, it very much felt to me like it was a production being filmed in in the UK. I knew that, of course, because I knew it was made by Britbox and the, the, the cast is predominantly British, but it was, it had a, a British feel to it rather than that shiny Hollywood look that they were desperately trying. And I think they filmed the California sequences at Malaga, Spain, because you sure as hell really? can't get a summer feel if you're filming somewhere in, you know, the UK. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. It was made for uh, ITVX, which is ITV's streaming platform in the UK. Um, but, yeah, I get what you're saying about the the authenticity of Hollywood. You didn't get that. I, I like the the houses looked authentic for the Hollywood mansions where he lived. Yeah. I thought that was okay. But they'd, they'd obviously done it on a budget, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, and they <laughs> And what's interesting is where it starts to fall apart a little bit is then when they start uh, doing the impersonations of big Hollywood stars that you know. Yes. So the actress that's playing Diane Cannon, and this is based on Diane Cannon's book and her daughter, Jennifer Grant. They both wrote books about Cary Grant, and this series, Archie's, is predominantly based on their recollections and what Cary Grant told them as husband and father. Um, and so the actress that plays Diane Cannon, Laura Aikman, she is terrific. And I loved Diane Cannon in her, when she was peaking in the 70s, 60s, late 60s, early 70s. And Laura Aikman really catches that incredible laugh and smile that Diane Cannon had. And I didn't mind Ian McNeese from Doc Martin as Alfred Hitchcock. You know, he's a he's a big bloke, and he was sort of pulling that off. But when the Grace Kelly character came along, as played by an actress called Lily Travers, who I've not heard of, I was like, "Oh, that's you're not Grace Kelly." And then it was like the the the, the George Burns, and it was like, "Oh, now it's Doris Day." Oh, it just that's when it all. And you've got to have those characters there because they're part of the story. But sure. you know, it's it's really hard to find really great uh, recreations when they're tiny little supporting roles. You know, that's where it, it kind of fell apart a bit for me. Yeah, um, I, I think it's Laura Aitken's biggest role so far. I think she had a guest role uh, in The Split. 
right? Sure, what season? Maybe one or two eps. Uh, Jason Isaacs, again, look, he's he's sort of known to me, but he's never had great leading roles. I think he was in The Great. He played Peter the Great. He's been a character in, I think, some Star Trek, a Star Wars spin-off as well. Yeah. He's done some podcast Batman series for um, DC. Uh, but my one problem with him, I thought he was good. I thought the voice was good. Look, it wasn't pure Cary Grant. He gave it his own twist, I thought, but... I really like that because Cary Grant had a distinctive voice. Yeah. I think he sort of recreated that that very well. My one problem was the makeup, oh. the the suntan. I mean, you know, Cary Grant spent a lot of time, I guess, under a sun lamp. He did. Uh, but it just seems to vary quite a bit during the series. Some mm. scenes it's quite dark. Other ones it's hardly noticeable. So, you know, that, that made me think, well, what are they doing? We should probably also say that uh, because people are probably screaming at us now that we haven't mentioned that Jason Isaacs played Malfoy in the Harry Potter film series. I mean, that's where most people, I guess, would know him as an actor. Um, yeah. So, and then the other major character in this is the role of his mother because there's oh, yeah. just the most awful, awful story about his mother and played as a younger woman by Cara Toynton, who uh, is one of my EastEnder girls. So she was in that show for a long time. And then when she gets older, she's played by Harriet Walter, who's one of our favourites yeah. and, you know, who, who came out here to Australia to make the end um, up on the Gold Coast. So, uh, yeah, great to see those actors. But, yeah, I really... And you know me, James, I love a Hollywood biopic. Yeah, I'll yeah. watch any documentary about it. It just wasn't grabbing me. Yeah, no, I, I did say I enjoyed it and I look forward to each episode as I as I put them on. Um, but yeah, Harriet Walter's great as as the elderly mother. She's yeah. really, really a handful, but it's it's partly, you know, Archie's fault, you know, that because of the neglect over the years. Um, yeah. But at least he did track her down and find her towards the end of her years. Um, I mean, she plays everybody's mother, doesn't she? As and and, and she's, she's also fantastic at playing the cranky mother, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, she's really, really good at doing that. Yeah, she was in. Uh, she played a mother in Ted Lasso. She was yeah. the mother in Succession. Yeah. You know, fantastic yeah. work. Um, yeah, the other person I liked in it was um, Jason Watkins. Who is um play his manager Stanley Fox? He, yeah, he crops up. I think we've talked about. He's a he's actually a co-star in the UK crime drama McDonald and Dodds. Right, uh, Stanley and uh, Jason. I mean, <laughs> and he also was in. Uh, he played Harold Wilson. He the did Crown. in the Crown. Yeah, yeah, he's very good. And you mentioned, yeah, look, I was a big fan of Diane Cannon's. She was such a cool actor back in the day, wasn't she? Um. Bob, Carol, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice was just a massive movie at the the end of the sixties, the start of the seventies, when sort of Hollywood suddenly went a bit oh cool, you know, and uh, making what was supposed to be a raunchy movie, a, an amazing cast. And Robert Wagner was in it. Elliot Gould was it. Natalie Wood also in it. Um, Natalie Wood was in it. Yes, she yeah, was. Amazing cast. Um, so that, that 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 was a great movie. She was in Ellie McBeal, I think, for a season as well. I think she was too, yeah. And she made the uh, with Warren Beatty and um, 
Heaven Can Wait. Heaven Can Wait, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So she had some big roles in the day. Yeah, she was a big star back in the day, but, you know, she just kind of fell through. You know, she kind of was at that period of Hollywood where in the 70s where you got to a certain age and they just wrote you off. Yeah. And I don't think that happens today. And also back then, less Botox, less ways of, you know, looking young. And and poor old Diane Cannon, if you've seen her recently, you know, her work uh, in that area isn't great. Um, So, yeah, but, yeah, it's, you know, when she's at her peak, if you go back to some of those movies, she's really, really great and full of life. Yeah. I love it in this when Cary Grant's trying to hang on to the relationship. He says, look, I'll give you a co-starring role in one of my movies. And she goes, oh, look, I don't care. I don't want to be beside you in one of your movies, you know. Yeah. But it's really, a, it was interesting. She actually did some publicity for this series too. Yeah. I saw a couple of things she did and she said, look, you know, she talked about uh, Cary Grant. She said, look, it's, you can't understand him. It just doesn't add up, you know. And they really, you really get that sense watching the movie. It was, it was really a com- complex character. Well, yeah. And you see, I think that. The com- a lot of his complexity and a lot of his bizarre behaviour because he didn't treat her terribly well. Uh, no, she doesn't. She doesn't describe it as a happy marriage. I don't want to give away plot spoilers here, but he treats <laughs> her really, really badly. Um, and see, one of the things that's just briefly kind of you know referred to here, but I think possibly deserved a little bit more examination is that, you know, Cary Grant was probably not 100% heterosexual. Uh, He was probably bisexual or fluid, as we might call him today. And certainly um, he kind of says in this miniseries, oh, you know, Randolph Scott and I were sharing this house and, you know, there were rumours that were, look, it was more than rumours. They were living together for many years and any sort of old Hollywood historian, if you speak to Kenneth Anger from Hollywood Babylon, Cary Grant was having a gay love affair with Randolph Scott and the studio, you know, made him stop it. So I think when a part of you is suppressed like that by a studio in an era when you can't do that sort of thing, um, yeah, I think it I think it contributes to bad behaviour down the line. Okay, it's Archie on BritBox, four episodes. Um I really liked it, Andrew's so-so on that one. Okay, let's go to a horror movie. Look, I don't do horror usually, okay, but I've I've made the effort for you. And because I was quite interested in Talk to Me, I've read a fair bit about it. Yeah. And it's really broken out as a big deal. What what tell us about who who did Talk to Me? Well, this is a film that was made in 2022. Yeah. It was released. Um, and yeah, it was hugely successful as a horror film. And of course, horror films are a dime a dozen and everyone's got it, but this is an Australian horror film. Uh, and we know some of the cast in it. Miranda Otto's in it. Zoe Tarakas is in it from, uh, Wentworth. And so I've always been wanting to watch it and it popped up on Netflix. And I was like, wow, I'm, I need to watch this because I've heard so much about it. 
and it did not let me down. This had this film had an incredible opening, a great concept that I've not seen before in horror films, and it was really hard, in-your-face stuff. And I thought also it really did a good relationship with the teenagers and their parents because so often in these kind of films, teens are running wild and the parents are nowhere to be seen. And I actually thought Miranda Otto was really great as the mother who was going to work and leaving the house empty and saying to her daughter, no drinking. I know you're going to sneak out. Please no drinking. Please look after young younger brother. I found that relationship quite believable. And, you know, was it uh, a horror film? Yeah, I thought it was strikingly original. And, and well done to the Philippu brothers, Danny and Michael, uh, who directed it. What talents they are and, and how fantastic that we have another set of twins uh, making amazing Australian scary movies. Now, am I right in thinking this was their first motion picture? I believe it was. Because they're also known as, what are they called, Racka Racka? Racka Racka on YouTube, yeah. Yeah, they make YouTube videos, have a huge following there, and they've, you know, they've moved across to cinema. And I think this has taken around $100 million so far. It it broke some, um, the distributor who had it in the US, Yeah, I believe it became their biggest ever horror movie in you know and this is a specialist distributor and it's which is incredible right for an australian film i wouldn't mind betting there might be a sequel to this one oh i think there's going to be a sequel and i th- also think the material lends itself to a prequel yeah um and my friends at umbrella entertainment are uh, released this film and uh yeah they absolutely backed the winning horse with this one i noticed they've got the most amazing collector's edition uh to buy this film on blu-ray and you get uh, a hand as used by the film uh and yeah because in this film there's this kind of discombobulated hand and if these kids hold on to the hand and say talk to me a spirit invades their body but they've got to let be pulled off the hand within 90 seconds or really bad things happen and of course bad things happen do you know about the connection between um, Bluey and this movie? No, I don't. The concept for this movie came from Daly Pearson, who was one of the co-founders of Ludo Studios, who made Bluey. And he's also the voice in some of the Bluey characters. Wow. So there you go. A oh, I did out- read that. I did read that these brothers uh, worked on the movie The Babadook, which is another okay. Australian horror film that's got a huge international following and, and broke mm. big overseas. So, you know, clearly uh, they watched what was going on there. And and I think it's really interesting that we're making these Australian horror films that are so different to what the Americans are making. You know, the Americans always go for the, the blood and the gore and really – pumping out that, the serial killers, rebooting Halloween, rebooting The Exorcist, blah, blah, blah. And here's the Aussies down here just sitting here on, you know, the smell of an oily rag <laughs> doing incredible work in horror. Yeah, it's made me think I can do horror because I've been a bit of a scaredy cat, but this one was uh, it was a bit more intelligent. It wasn't just like people jumping out from behind, you know, wardrobe yeah. or something. It was it was sort of intelligent use of uh, this this device and examining what happened. I thought the um, the actor that stood out for me was the um, 
the kid uh, who plays Riley, I think Joe Bird. Joe Bird, yes, yes, he was yes. So good. I mean, he's it's you know he's sort of central to the story. Yes, in, he is in most of that movie, and he just does such a good job. You write about the start was really wow. You go, what's going on here? And it was almost toned down after that. I thought because that set up an expectation in me, and I thought I won't be able <laughs> to handle this. But then yeah. it sort of it just goes along quite evenly with not a lot ha- happening horror wise for a little while. You keep thinking things are going to happen, but then things happen towards the end of the movie. I have seen some commentary that this was like the scariest film of the year for a lot of people, but yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, if that's true, well, I can certainly do horror, you know, because I was watching it late at night by myself, <laughs> and I was okay. I did go and lock the back door. I'll say that. Oh uh, uh, yeah, well there you go. <laughs> you know, the otherwise, other, the other actor right. we should mention, James, is Sophie Wilde in this film. And the reason we're going to talk about her is that we're going to talk about her a lot in 2024 because she's got a role in Boys Swallows Universe, which is the Trent oh, Dalton yeah. novel that's been made for Netflix. And that's going to be a huge Australian show when that comes out next year. So, yeah, we'll remember that we saw Sophie Wilde in Talk To Me First when we see her in that. Okay, talk to me. It's on Netflix, uh, a movie. Let's talk about it's Saran Jones' time, but look, we won't bang on too much about her. <laughs> some people are probably thinking, oh, no, here we go again. So it's <laughs> the second season of Vigil. Yeah. Uh, the first one had the Scottish detectives Amy and Kirsten investigating the murder on a submarine. Yeah. This time it's um, it's the murder of, of some army um some army troops are killed during a drone exercise. Yeah. It's quite different, but they're still investigating a a military sort of murder. And, you know, when this show started and they were all, they were doing this uh, demonstration of the drones, which are killing machines. They can, you know, shoot bombs and shoot you and all that. And you could see all the arms buyers sitting there and they're here with the Scottish uh, people saying, oh, you know, this is going to change war forever. And I was just sitting there going, wow, I just think you people are the worst people in the world getting off on how to kill more people and, you know, particularly with things at the moment. Like I was just like, oh, why do I want to watch a a show about a killing machine? And But then, of course, it's Saran Jones and then the event happens and then she comes into it and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And they've only released one episode, but, yeah, as much as I don't approve of this and I don't like this sort of subject matter, I I have to find out what went on here. Yeah, I mean, she she, shows this happens. They're doing a training drill. Something goes wrong during the training drill for the drones. Um, Sharan Jones comes in to investigate. There's some pushback. The army don't really want her in there, but it's overruled. They say, look, these deaths happened on Scottish soil. The yep. police have to investigate. The investigation actually takes her because some of the, some of the lead up is set in the Middle East. Yeah. Now, they kept saying the country and I was going, what was that? What was that? And it's actually a fictional country that it's Woodian. They spell it W. U-D-Y-A-M. But when you listen to it, you keep thinking, what, what's that? And I was, I was trying to catch it. Um, mm. I think it was actually filmed in Morocco, those scenes. Right. And that's so that, and it's 
featured quite a bit a little bit later in the series too. Um, also, Alistair McKenzie, I, I noted qu quite early on, he's an early suspect for the murders. Um, he was actually the monarch of the Glen. You can think back to that series. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. I, I recognise him, but I just couldn't. I was going, who is that guy? But when I looked it up, it was him. Okay. Well, of course, he must have recognised Dugray Scott. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Who was in there. He seems to have a very sizable role in this. And, of course, we'll always remember him down here in Australia because he came down to make Mission Impossible 2 here in 2000. Yeah. Here in Australia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's the sort of uh, army chief, if you like, in um, in this who's trying to um, sort of control Saran Jones from sort of, you know, disrupting what they're doing because he really wants to sell these arms to the um, this fictional uh, Arab country um, and he's worried this murder investigation might get in the way of doing a deal. Look, it's a fairly complex plot. Yeah. Quite a bit happens and there's a hell of a cliffhanger at the end of that first episode which makes you want to keep going, so... But then so was uh, the submarine yes. first series. Yep. That was really complex as well. And there was, was stuff going on in the submarine and on the land. At least this time now we've got, you know, Kirsten, as played by Rose Leslie, in the same, you know, spot. Her girlfriend isn't off on the, the boat in danger now, but that doesn't yep. mean she's not in danger. Bloody hell, they're in danger every time they turn a corner. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it's uh, – look, if you like Saran Jones, as we both do, you, you're in there anyway to see what she gets up to. Uh, if you like the first series of Vigil, I know a lot of people did. Um, so it's good, and it's in a way – it's good to have a sort of complicated plot in a thriller yeah. like this. It, it gives you – you really buy into it more and you pay more attention. Um, for me, I'm less likely to doze off on the couch if it's sort of got me thinking, oh, look, I can't miss what's going on. Yeah. Okay, so Vigil, the second season, that's on Binge or Foxtel, if you subscribe to either one of those six episodes. I think by the end of this week, there might be two or three up, and then I guess the BBC, I think, screening in the UK is dropping the rest next week, so then they should be all up there okay. by, by Christmas. Right. Are they trying to get it out of the way before Christmas, maybe? Because you know what it's I'm sure. English yeah. TV's like. They clear yeah. the decks for the, the best shows of the year. Yeah. And as you pointed out last week, a lot of that stuff we'll be lucky to see by next Christmas. Yeah. Although I did notice that the Call the Midwife and Death in Paradise Christmas specials from the BBC are going to be fast-tracked down here to BBC first and then binge. Okay. Oh, good. Good to see. Okay, look, let's change the pace. We've had some a lot of heavy drama this week. Lots going on. Let's talk about Smothered. Yeah, this is a rom com, a real change of pace. And I've got to say, after all this drama and the last few weeks, and there's been a lot of drama all year. It was so nice just to sit back and chill, have a laugh, and and the plot is so easy to follow. Yeah, it's really fun and it's really sweet. And I mean, we've seen this material a thousand times before. Boy meets girl and they have a few issues along the way and just six half hour episodes. I just watched them all in one hit. 
just boom, watched the whole three hours, went to bed with a huge smile on my face. I really liked it because this show avoided a lot of the cliches of romantic comedy. I was sitting there at yeah. one stage going, oh, I bet she's going to do this now. And, and then <laughs> she didn't. Oh, then I knew that they would break up at one point and I was like, oh, it's going to be so naff out. But then they were back together like that. There, there was this brilliant episode where they were having this huge, huge, huge fight, like that they were going to split it forever. And then one of them just went, oh, yeah, you know, you're right, I'm sorry. And the other one went, what? I'm, no, I want to keep fighting. And then they <laughs> went, oh, actually, you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry too. I loved the writing of this. I thought it was really clever uh, twisting around a genre that's been done to death, frankly, and making it fresh. And also the other thing I really liked about this show is that there was some time spent on the supporting characters around them. I think we saw and we talked last week about Strife, the new Asha Ketty show that's on Binge, that the that there was too much attention being played to that lead character and not enough thought had been gone into the supporting characters. And then you look at a show like Smothered where all of the supporting characters are getting their little moments but not taking away from the main story. And what a surprise, random to see Blair Underwood pop up as the oh, dad there. Yeah, Blair Underwood that. from LA Law. What? <laughs> that was great. He's really good. So, yeah, the, the two lovers are uh, John Pointing, who plays Tom, uh, Danielle Vitalis, who plays the girl Sammy. And the, at the very start of the episode, they just cross each other on a pathway. Mm. No, no engagement or, or anything. It's only later on they cross paths just randomly. I think it's in a club, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and there's just a casual, and they sort of form a bit of a connection. But one of the undercurrents is they're never really sure if they're together, are they? You know, they they sort of slip and call each other boyfriend, girlfriend now and then. They go, oh, are we really? And you, you're never quite sure, and, you, you know, what's happening. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, the star, really, though, is is it Eiling B? Eiling B? How do you pronounce the name? Oh, Aisling B. Aisling B, yeah, the sort of Irish actor. Yeah. Um, who we, oh, I remember really well from this way up with Sharon Horgan, where the two of them were together and just so fantastic. Um, right, I never saw that, yeah. She's the ex-wife of Tom. Yeah, this, yeah. Who actually is working with Sammy <laughs> and she doesn't know. So it's, there is a connection there. Um, but she is so brilliant in this. That's um, so interesting you say that because I never watched This Way Up and yet the whole time I was watching her, I was going, I know you, I've seen <laughs> you from something. Are you in Bad Sisters with Sharon Horgan? That's what I was thinking. That. I don't think she is, but it's funny yeah. that I was making – I was assuming she'd done something with Sharon Horgan without actually knowing it for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, she's she's very good in this, and it's she's really worth watching just for her. I mean, she's not in it all the time, but when she's in it, it just goes up another level, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's really good, really fun. It's really light. It's, it's, it's just a nice break too, you know, when you want to – change oh. your genre and have a relax. And <laughs> Sometimes you need a bit of feel good, don't you, James? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so that's Smothered. It's on, it's getting very little PR, isn't it? So you've, yeah. you've really got to go and search for this one. You mightn't see much about it anywhere, but it's on Binge and it's on Foxtel, made for a Sky uh, in the UK, six episodes. Look, let's stay light and, um, and cheery. 
the second, uh, no, the fourth season of Bump. The fourth series, yeah. Four years ago, Stan launched this. So I guess it's always come out on a Boxing Day. It'll come out on Boxing Day this year. So this means there's now 40 episodes of this um, amazingly popular little series. So I think I've watched the first episode. Maybe I watched one or two episodes. And, you know, and this is a show that kind of re kind of freshes itself every season. Um, and one of the things that I'm really unhappy about with this season is no Angus Sampson. You know, the the dad's away. There was this line, oh, he's off in Vancouver. I was like, no, no, don't tell me he's not in the show anymore. But clearly Angus Sampson, actor in demand, has gone off to make some, you know, fabulous movies somewhere. And maybe it is Canada. And maybe we might at least get a, a Zoom call with him at one stage. That's not too hard to do. But yeah, Look, there was I did I didn't love the first episodes, the first couple of episodes. They're they're basically trying to start up this feud again between Claudia Carvin um, and she's feuding with the South American in-laws, which has been something that had happened in previous series. Mm-hmm. And you know, this scene where she kind of goes to their restaurant and starts accusing them of not being environmentally friendly enough and how much electricity are you using and all that. It was kind of like, wow, it feels to me like Claudia Carvin's character is going quite psycho at this point. Um, so yeah, I don't know where we're going. Um, but yeah, I must admit, um, this is a show that I inhale the moment it's there. I watch it all. I absolutely loved it. I kind of went oh, with this latest series and I hope it's, it, it gets better as it goes along. Yeah, look, I, I've got to say, I can't remember much that happened in the previous season. I've watched so much TV since then. Yeah. But the, the, um, what I do like, I love Claudia Carvin in this. And it's one of the reasons I keep watching it. We're going to see Steph Tisdall and Dylan Alcott join, um, this season. But yes. I, I've got to say about Angus Sampson, the PR notes. So potential spot. Plot spoiler. Yeah. Angus yep. as Dom is happily reliving his share house years with his best mate Tim. So perhaps he will show up. Wow. Okay. Once you, once you get into it. So unless that just happens off camera and we're not supposed to see it. Yeah, right. Look, it's look. It, the thing that's really great about this is those two characters that sort of anchor this. You know, Ollie as played by Natalie Morris and yeah. Santi as played by Carlos Sanson Jr., who I noticed uh, playing a role in Pop Stars. Uh, James, right. when I was watching the new episodes of Pop Stars, and you know, Pop Stars is set like. 20 years ago, kind of putting it back in the era of around 2000. And it, there was kind of, they go to and get interviewed by this guy. And I was like, what? I'm, are you meant to be like a VJ at Channel V? <laughs> and I was getting that vibe a bit. So, um, yeah, but they're so good in Bump. They kind of anchor this together. Um, and yeah, if you see, if you remember in the last series, Claudia Carvin's character entered into a lesbian relationship with her sister-in-law. And then, of course, that's all forgotten now. There's this kind of throwaway line, oh, God, the last time I checked she was a lesbian, now she's a bloody environmentalist. It's like, wow. But, look, that character of Angie that Claudia Carvin plays is all over the shop. So, yeah, it's believable that she's hopping around. She's always trying to find a cause and, um, you know, hopefully there's some more comedy in that. 
Yeah, look, um, and I always give a bit of time to anything John Edwards has had something to do with. Correct. Him, yeah. He, he always brings a certain bit of quality. And, and I was thinking of him just this morning, actually, and I kept thinking back, look, Puberty Blues is one of my all-time favourites. That is such a good series. Yeah. And I was looking at the writers. Tony McNamara worked as a writer on that, and I was thinking of him because he got, I think he got a nominee for a Golden Globe. Yeah, for the, for the great. Oh, no, what could it be for something else? Because they just cancelled the great unless he's getting. I'm pretty sure he did anyway. His name <laughs> came up for something. But, yeah, right. Uh, just you mean in you mean in the Emmy nominations or the Golden Globes I that think have just it was been the Golden Globes? Oh, okay. Um, oh, he's won. Oh, he's been nominated before. Or well, maybe they were just talking about him. He's certainly been nominated for writing for the Great as an Emmy in the past. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, the screenwriter for Poor Things, Tony McNamara. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Things. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, they've Poor Things is gone. a movie, though. Poor Things is a is a movie as directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah, but Golden Globes is movies. Oh, that's it? right, it is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emma Stone's in it. Yeah, got yeah. it, got it. Okay, yeah. It actually looks great, but Variety's calling Tony McNamara Hollywood's hottest scribe. So that wow, wow, that's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Good work. Um, all right, that's fantastic. Look. Out of all that, there's a lot. You've got seven. One, two. You've got seven things you've uh, inhaled this week for us. Yeah. What or six? Six shows you did. I did five. What do you reckon? If it's hard to pick out a show of the week, it's not hard at all to pick it out. It's smothered by a country. Oh wow. I loved it. It's on binge. That lovely rom com. Six episodes. Must see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, I do love it. I'm going to have to go with Archie. I'm sorry. You go with Archie. You go with Cary Grant. Yep, you old suave, you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just, I do like old Hollywood and uh, seeing about it and just finding, you know, a bit behind the scenes. And, um, but, you know, I, I say that there were a few problems, but I just, to me, it's a really, it's quite an important, an important series. Not the smothered and the others aren't, but I just really like that one. And, James, do you want to know what I started watching last night that I'm really obsessed with? Yes, please. So I've been trying to read all of the top shows of 2023, not because I'm trying to steal idea, but you ideas, but you and I are making our list for the year, and I always get paranoid that I'm going to miss out on something. Right. So I, was, I discovered this show I'd never heard of. I started watching it last night. It's on Prime. It's called Shiny Happy People, and it's about the Duggar family. And the Duggar family were on TL and they had 19 kids and they started that craze of these giant families. But what this documentary Shiny Happy People does over four episodes, it's an expose of what was going on behind the scenes. And I remembered vaguely, I never watched the Duggar show, but I knew that one of the eldest son had been accused of sexually abusing his sisters and that had caused the empire to collapse. And this series gets into it and looks at the Christian fun fundamentalist group behind them that was creating these families where this guy was teaching them all that God is in charge, then the father, 
then the mother, then the children, and literally um, saying, you know, spank your children to keep them remembering. And, of course, this this way, and, of course, they're all being homeschooled as well, and these giant families, which, and this documentary basically shows you that the stuff that they were being taught was almost preconditioning kids to then be sexually abused in these awful, awful situations. So as a TV point of view, to look at how TLC kept trying to mine this gold mine that was the family, it's fascinating, but also oh, just really disturbing uh, watching what was going on. So shiny, happy people that was on one of the lists of the best of the year. And yeah, James, pretty out there, and but really disturbing stuff. It's on Prime Video, I think, yeah? Yeah. Sound right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, look, I don't know if that's – I don't see my, why I want to watch that. But you can do it for both of us, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm outraged. I'm, t- I'm halfway into it already. <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right. Well, this has been our last regular episode, but we've got a two-part special. We think it'll be two-part, either two-part or very one, one longish episode <laughs> where we'll go through, we'll troll our best shows of the year, we'll try and get it all in some order – I'll do my best streaming platforms. I think the ones you should subscribe to in order, and that's, look, dependent on taste, so it'll be for the sort of stuff Andrew and I seem to enjoy most, premium drama, if you like, watch yeah. that bet. And we've got a special guest, I think, joining us, but we'll save that for uh, next week too. Yeah, fantastic. All right, then. So until then, Andrew, thank you for today, and we'll review the year up next. No worries, James. Have a great week.